0: Decibel Geek
1: Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak.
2: All right, it's time once again to get back in the Decibel Geek Groove. Oh yeah, I'm Aaron Camaro. There's Chris Sinzak. What's going on my man? Ready to take
3: a bite out of the big apple.
2: Yeah, this Boy, is Boy was be fun. that cheesy. <laughs> No, you don't have to try to make it more fun because it's going to be fun enough on its own.
3: I'm trying to add extra oomph, you know, oh, yeah. and then hype it up, but it's not Okay, really. I got you. It's going to be fun anyway. I hear what you're saying. Hey, talk about having fun, man. How cool was last week? Great show. A uh, lot of good response to Perry Richardson coming on the show. And, uh, For sure. We couldn't thank him enough. And. Gosh, we heard from so many people from his, his from his family, from his yeah other people that played in Max Warrior contacted us. It was, right on. It was uh, really incredible, and a lot of great uh, press. We, you know, want to thank Brave Words and Metal Sludge in particular for uh, running articles on it.
2: Heck yeah, and, and everybody uh,
3: else. Yeah, it turned out really great. Now yeah, all of you that shared it. And uh, yeah, couldn't be happier with it.
2: Yeah, we're gonna definitely work out a way to get Perry back on the show, no doubt about that. Hey, you wanted to hear some more cool music, you know? You guys are always into it. You wanted to hear what's new, what's fresh. That's why we've got ourselves partnered up with High Volume Music. Now, the music that you heard coming in this week's episode is our featured artist and another member of the great roster of High Volume Music, and it's a band called Strike Force. What an awesome name. Yeah. With a name like Strikeforce, it's got to rock, right? I mean, that's that's a given. These guys were formed back in 1982. Strikeforce has a solid track record and last year put out Elegant Steel. It's an EP that features this tune entitled All About the Money. That's what you heard on the way into the show. More info about Strikeforce is available at this week's show notes and, of course, over at highvowelmusic.com. Check it out. Definitely. And uh, we got another iTunes review to read this week. Shoot, yeah, man. I love them, five stars. You ready for this? Here it goes. Old school DJs playing new and old music, having an opinion, a good interview, and playing songs other than the single. If these are things you miss, I suggest listening to this podcast. Now listening for over two years, and I can't get enough. Some others... I no longer listen to, but these guys hit the mark. Aaron and Chris play off each other great, and you can tell they're friends. We are. That's awesome. And that leads to a positive feel.
3: That's what it's all about, feeling good. Rock and roll, Decibel Geek Podcast, five stars. Very cool. That's awesome. That comes from a username Snake65 with uh, melodicrock.com. So thanks so much, man. Heck yeah, man. That means a lot to us. All those five star reviews we get. You
2: know, it's all about getting the word out there for us. You know, that's a great way to do it because people are are going on iTunes and they're just discovering what podcasts even are. You know, and I can relate to this because I don't get to listen to as many podcasts as I would like. So there's been quite a few that back in the day I
3: might have dug when I first got into them, but I don't listen to anymore. I just kind of fell off. Yeah, it kind of goes in phase. For a lot of them, and if, if you're sticking around after years, then we really appreciate. Yeah, man, days. that makes me extra proud because
2: I know it's hard to stick with something. Yeah. So we we must be consistent enough to keep you around. So it's That's all true. good. We love it.
3: I stopped listening to that watching paint dry podcast. It was it was great for the first couple episodes, but eventually it was like, well, you know. All right, so uh let's get to the people, people that uh, helped spread the word from last week's episode. These are the geeks of the week, and it's simple as this: if you want to be a geek of the week, if you're new to the show. Basically, you just listen to the show and then you share the link that we put up on Facebook or on Twitter, and share and retweet, and I'll mention your name next week. Thank you. Yeah, now let me be clear: you're a hero. There were there were a ton of people that put the link for the episode out. Uh huh. The only way for me to track it, though, are the people that share and retweet from my original link, or else okay, it's a right. real scavenger hunt.
2: Yeah, yeah, the one on Facebook, right. the official Or release. the one on Twitter. Or Twitter, yeah. yeah.
3: So these are the Geeks of the Week from that. The Geeks of the Week this week are Trevor McDougal, Talk To Me podcast, Joshua Toomey, David Alpazar, Ian Wiley, Rock and Metal Combat podcast, Todd Cunningham, Baco, Mike Stewart, Aaron Baker, Chad Pollock, Kevin Williams, Brian Knapp, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Rich Canamar, Derek Novak, Wayne Cross, Rock and Ron Runyon, Billy Hardaway, Greg McGlone, Derek Laba, Cool World, James Brendan Dunn, Mark Alden-Taylor, Joe Lascon, Aaron Jacobs, Chad Wagner... Joseph Belli, Brent Walter, Spicoli, Justin A6, Cal Hens, Billy Hardcore, Adam Cox, Hoops, Ernesto Aguiar, and Jason R.
2: Heck yeah, I know there's a, those people and a whole lot more. <laughs> a whole lot more. So, you know, thanks again, everybody that helps us out by helping spread the word about the Decibel Geek Podcast. We're just a couple of rock and rollers hanging out outside of Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. having a good time, bringing the word of rock and roll to people all over the world, because believe me, people, it's still alive and well, as we're going to find out today.
3: And also, before we get into things, um, real quick mention on the YouTube channel, some awesome stuff going up now. Kiss-related stuff is going to be visualized and turned up onto it, like some of the better Kiss-related interviews that we've done are nice. going to be coming up. I'm not going to give away the thing too much. Uh, I will say one of the Vinnie Vincent specials is going to be on oh, YouTube wow. soon. Oh, nice. So nice.
2: Uh, it gives you that whole visual aspect to what right. we're doing here. You're going to really enjoy that. Mug just shots like...
3: go look. No, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> But no. Just like I'm sure you're enjoying the stuff that's already there on our YouTube channel, Decibel Geek TV, yeah. over on YouTube you got to check it out and you got to share those links because, man, Please do. it's yeah. cool stuff. Hey, before we get into the rock and roll, I want to give a quick shout out to our VIPs. Oh, yeah, all the people that get on board with us that we're at patreon.com to become VIPs. What's a VIP? A VIP is a fan of the Decibel Geek podcast that wants a little more. They rock just a little harder than the normal person, and they've got to have more Decibel Geek podcasts in their life. Well, for people like that, we give them what they need. That's what we're all about. So VIPs are getting all kinds of extra stuff. So the shout-out this week is, hey, guys, how are you liking those extra long, extra VIP episodes you've been getting here lately? Yeah, yeah you love the Decimal Geek podcast, yeah. but you're not a VIP? Well then you're missing out on a whole lot because Uh, these guys just got like a whole two-hour episode. Plus, they're getting interviews in their totally natural, uncut version. You know, we we always spice it up for the show. We always throw in the music in the background. But the VIPs are getting to hear... The total original, uncut versions yeah. of some of these interviews. Yeah. They're getting guitar picks. They're getting T-shirts. Mm-hmm. They're getting prize, prize packs, packs. They're we got getting... Another one going out soon. Yeah, we got two sitting right here ready to hit the post office right now. And it's so, a you know, way of kind of connecting with us
3: more on a personal
2: level. Right, because then you've got access to the, uh, the personal VIP Facebook group. Yep. Because nobody else can get in on that. Nobody else can see what's going on. And believe me, the VIPs will back me up on this. When we're doing a show like today... We take it to them and we ask them, What do you
3: guys yeah, they, think? They yeah, they their suggestions always help play a part in what we do. For sure. And, uh so yeah check that out go to uh, decispelgeek.com click on that vip banner or just go to patreon.com and just type in decibel geek
2: yeah we're not trying to bleed nobody but it's a great way to help us out you know because it it doesn't cost very much no, but you it's, get but what was a, a dollar
3: a, an episode you get a whole
2: lot you yeah. know and you can whatever you feel comfortable feel like you're donating helping us out then you know you get you get a whole lot in return we absolutely make, we definitely make it worth your while all right so are we ready we're ready rock and roll New York City yeah, man. where you
3: come from New york York edition.
2: This is cool, man. We had so much fun with Detroit. It only seemed obvious next to jump to New York City, which we could do volumes and volumes. I was going to say
3: I was agonizing over my picks for this, and I just
2: I made it easy on myself. I picked out my five favorite New York musicians.
3: Okay, all right. Well, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> okay, I did. These are probably five of my favorites. Also, I want to showcase some stuff you know, some stuff you don't know. It's because there's some that you have to pick. But uh, I guess I'll go first. All right. And this is, was kind of the Some You May Not Know. And this was actually... I put out the call to VIPs and to the listeners on Facebook. Tell me some New York bands you think we should feature. And this is one band that certainly flew under the radar, um, especially because of when they came out. And talking about a band called Spread Eagle. They uh, were formed in New York City in 1989... Members of the band were Ray West, Rob DeLuca, Rick DeLuca, and Ziv Shalev. After only a few months of rehearsal, they were signed to MCA Universal, and they uh, released two albums: the self-titled in 1990, and Open to the Public in 1993. Then they disbanded in 95. The band reunited in 2006, and they've done shows here and there since. Rob DeLuke is a name you might recognize, because he actually plays bass for Sebastian Bach these days. See, I knew that rang a bell. Yeah, and we saw him play with Sebastian just last year. That's right. Um, But uh, yeah, this is uh, from the self-titled album in 1990. You'll hear why it wasn't popular, because grunge came in and took over. But if this had been a couple years earlier, it would have made a huge difference. This is Spread Eagle with Broken City. I got to hear me some more of that. Kind of some sleazy rock from New York. That's awesome. I like it. And you're right. For the time period it came out, that's that's odd. But how cool? Yeah, they were. That's, that album really flew under the radar. And uh, I've I must have listened to the whole thing a couple of times in the last few days. It's it's really good. That's cool. I got to check that out. All right, you ready for my first one? Yeah. Okay. Your your five favorite New York artists?
2: Yeah, musicians. Yeah, artists. Whatever however you want to do it. Okay. Paul Daniel Fraley. What a shock. Born on April 27th, <laughs> 1951. Yes. Born and raised in the Bronx. Yep. Best known as the lightning-powered Spaceman of Kiss. From its inception through 1982, mm-hmm. as lead guitarist to the hottest band in the world, Ace Frehley influenced a generation of young hard rockers to pick up guitars and form bands like Skid Row, Pearl Jam, Poison, Motley Crue, Pantera, and that list goes on in on, on and on and on. <laughs> Don't go that far. Okay. Out of the four Kiss 1978 solo albums, Fraley's is generally considered the best and most successful. Right?
3: Be honest, what's your opinion of that album? I
2: think it's the greatest album of all freaking time. Of man. all time. Of all time. If, I, if I could All only... the
3: Beatles. Oh,
2: yeah, totally. Okay. Way better. Way better than the Beatles. <laughs>
1: oh,
3: wow. <laughs> I love it too, but I don't know, best of all time, I don't
2: know. Beyond Kiss, the Space Ace has released five solo albums, the most of any Kiss member, and is releasing his highly anticipated covers album, Origins Volume 1, coming up on April 15th. That's just a couple weeks. I'm excited That's, for yeah, that Yeah, one. that ain't too far off, which will include Ace teaming up with Paul Stanley yeah. to cover Fire and Water by Free. How cool is that going to be? That's a great song. That's awesome, I love that. One thing everybody knows about Ace Fraley is that he's extremely proud of his Bronx upbringing and always has shown a lot of love to his fellow New Yorkers. This one here comes to us from the 1988 Fraley's Common album, Second Sighting, featuring fellow distinguished New Yorker John Regan on bass. This is the one and only Space Ace Fraley with Separate.
1: Lots of say. Trust in yourself and you surely will find a way
3: I love it. That's good. Interesting pick. New York proud. So you're, right? you're picking Ace Frehley over Kiss. Well, I didn't. This you'll see where I'm okay, going. Okay, I'll this. see where I'm going. I still got four more picks to go, man. All right. My next pick, I was playing something you may not have known. Is one of those you have to pick this band picks. And I'm happy to do it, because we don't hardly play enough of this stuff on the show. I have to pick something by the New York Dolls. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of a given here. You gotta, yeah, you gotta respect the Dolls. If you don't, I mean, well, every, anyone listening to this probably knows a lot about the Dolls, but if you don't, formed in New York City in 1971, the lineup that got the most fame was David Johansson, Sylvain Sylvain, Johnny Thunders, Jerry Nolan, and Arthur Killer Kane on bass. Two albums released and then burned out. Drug yeah. Drug abuse ruined this band. Uh, That's sad. Some interesting... Uh, story here, uh, Johnny Thunders and Jerry Nolan quit the band in the middle of their tour in 1975 and uh, for a brief period of time to finish the tour, uh, replacing Johnny Thunders was a young musician named Blackie Lawless. That's right. God, to get some video footage of that would be amazing. That would
2: be amazing.
3: The New York Dolls are one of, the, even if you don't care much for their music, they're one of the most influential bands of all time. Absolutely. You know, Look at all the stuff that they spawned. You Tons know, of stuff. Including KISS. Of different genres, too. Yeah. They were massively influential. And uh, this is a cover tune off of the second album called Too Much Too Soon, a very apt title for that album. This is uh, the New York Dolls with a song called There's Gonna Be a Showdown.
2: I bet you they heard people saying that about them all the time, too much, too soon.
3: Oh, yeah. And, yeah, they were, I mean, you could say they were ahead of their time, really. They I mean, totally were. They set know. the pace for glam rock, really. I mean, them and them and David Bowie, I would say, kind of combined were yeah. the beginnings of glam rock and punk rock. I sure. mean, there, there was a real punk rock sound to them. And I just always
2: think back to the conversations we had with Cher Bach when she was on the show, and it just it solidified how much the New York Dolls ruled that scene they were the big deal
3: for for a number of years before
2: kiss showed up
3: yeah yeah kiss took what they were doing and then tweaked it and uh took it to the extreme and then you know went off to superstardom made it their own but uh i still have a dream that one of these days we'll get sylvain to sylvain to come over here and talk to us i would love that that'd be awesome all right what do you got for your next pick george peter
2: john chris oh for god's sake born on december 20th 1945 he's the cat man Straight out of Brooklyn. Best known as the drummer of KISS and as the hot new vocalist of the brand new Volkswagen Passat commercial. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Our friends in other countries may not know, but it's a huge hit in the US. They play it like every thirty that really minutes on me TV. Off guard when I saw it. <laughs>
1: what the fuck?
2: <laughs> yeah, you finally heard Beth on a commercial. As a member of Kiss, he was the singer of Kiss's biggest hit and, you know, really helped to make the band a household name during their height of popularity in the 70s. You know, and the fact that Beth was Kiss's biggest hit doubled with the fact that it was also their most un-Kiss-like song would become known as the Peter Paradox. The Peter Paradox. Not only alienated himself from his bandmates, but it would cause him to believe that Kiss fans actually wanted him to do more songs like Beth. His 1978 solo album is a good <laughs> testament to that. Yeah. Beyond Kiss, he released four solo albums between 1978 and 2007. Still waiting on that straightforward rock album he's been promising for years. Meow. <clears throat> yeah. Meow, come on. Come on, meow. I thought this would be a good Peter Chris selection because it's a real hidden gem from the 1993 limited edition Chris EP. It's a bluesy rocker with a funky breakdown in the middle, And, you know, listen for the nursery rhyme about a couple of his former bandmates in this one. Kind of give you a little chuckle. Featuring fellow New York native Dito Godwin on slide guitar. I told you it's bluesy. It's Peter Chris. He's the man with nine lives, and he is the cat.
1: Yeah.
3: Like Some, that. There's something you're not going to hear on the radio. Oh, good God, no. That's <laughs> This is why we do what we do. Even when it was new, you weren't going to hear that on the radio. And now you, you're
2: getting what I'm doing with my picks so far, you know? Peter yeah, Chris, I think I have, a, Fraley, I have a general you know, idea of the way,
3: you, the way your picks are
2: going And be. also getting an insight as to why I could never be an actual radio DJ. <laughs>
3: Here's the Peter Chris album that 18 people bought in 1994. But the beautiful thing about that was always you would do that,
2: and like you know, there'd be a thousand people out there going, What? But there'd be one or two or three people. I going,
3: love that. Yeah.
2: And that was always worth it. I was too, one of the man.
3: people that bought it. I liked it. I, I dug the, uh, the half makeup cover on the album. I did too,
2: man. I was excited when I first saw that. Very Me too. cool. All
3: right. So uh, the New York Dolls were the first pick. This is the other obvious pick that you have to do. Well, this wouldn't be the Decibel Geek Podcast co-hosted by Chris Sinzak if you didn't. Well, it's uh, a band that was formed in Forest Hills, Queens in 1974. The members Johnny, Dee Dee, Joey, and Tommy, they all found each other and they shared the same last name. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, they just how they formed the band, they just looked up their own last names in the phone book and called each other.
3: So we're talking about the Ramones, and yes, I'm being sarcastic, don't think that I really think they have the same name. Um, interesting. I they were uh, brothers. Uh, they performed uh, from 74, and they retired in 96. And during that time, they did 2,236 shows. Wow. Nice. And uh, unfortunately, by 2014, all four original members would be gone. And uh, It's a sad story. It was a hard-living know? band, uh, one of the most dysfunctional bands of all time, but also one of the greatest. For sure. From the first album, self-titled, this is The Ramones with Judy as a Punk.
0: Gina Simmons. It is a hermaphrodite, half man, half woman. And uh, I was born this way. Proving to the world that Nashville is about more than banjo picking and sister banging. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast.
2: There you have it. More great music from this week's featured artist, Strike Force. Man, I love it. Thanks to our sponsor, High Volume Music, for sending us this music. We, we love to share it with our, our rock and roll friends around the world. This tune that you just heard was called Let Me Rock You, and it's from last year's Elegant Steel EP. For information, check out our links on this show and also go to highballmusic.com. They got Strike Force, all that, and a whole lot more. Absolutely.
3: Also, I want to talk about our good friend Daryl Alver from HK Collectibles, Inc. He's got more great stuff for you this week over there. Uh, including an unused ticket for a show by the police in Honolulu in 1984. Where does he find this stuff? I don't know. <laughs> that's awesome. And this is a cool one. Also, a ticket to Ozzy's show at Madison Square Garden in, on April 5th, 1982. Wow. This was only one of only several shows that featured Bernie Torme on guitar after Randy Rhodes died. Wow. Yeah. The Diary of a Madman tour. Holy moly! So if you know
2: somebody that's a huge Bernie Torme fan,
3: what a well, gift! It's just it's a cool oddity. It is know, odd, man. What a odd. Yeah, that's way cool. And uh, also, he you know he's got got a lot of higher price tickets on there that are really amazing and don't forget he's got the make an offer option yep. on his page so you can go in there and say well I'm willing to pay this much for this ticket and you never know. He might say yes and take your offer. Just be like, I got to have it, but I only have this much. You right. know
2: What can we work out? And Daryl's a cool guy. You know, really Talk cool. to him.
3: Don't even hesitate. You ask him. He'll yeah. talk to you about it. Just go to decibelgeek.com, click on that HK Collectibles Inc. banner, and uh, do your shopping. Heck yeah. And right by the HK Collectibles
2: Inc. banner on decibelgeek.com, after you're done reading all the awesome new articles that have come out this week, you come back up, you're going to find our Amazon banner. And what it does is it takes you to Amazon. The beautiful thing about it is by going through our link, you're helping us out because anything you buy, everything you buy on Amazon, when you pay, they take their piece, they cut us off some, they send it to the Decibel Geek Podcast, and there you go. What you've just done was you've done your shopping just like you normally would, except the only difference is, is you've helped us out. Isn't that beautiful? You're doing your shopping on Amazon anyway. You might as well help out your boys here at the
3: Decibel Geek Podcast. Mm-hmm. We need the help. <laughs> and I just going to tell you, you can... Uh... You can buy a house through Amazon. Yeah. You You can buy a car. uh Uh-huh. Just saying. Big stuff. Great,
2: big things. Buy an
3: aircraft carrier through there. I don't know. Please, please buy. Like, I want the
2: aircraft carrier that KISS announced their reunion on. the USS Intrepid. I want the Intrepid. And I'm going to go through the Decibel Geek link to buy it because I have to have it. It's the
3: ultimate selfie opportunity. Totally. You just got to buy it first.
2: Like, this is the only part of the ship I care about. This is where they made the announcement. But, you know, I couldn't just buy the one part. Yeah, I'm just saying. When you do buy it, the cool thing is is Amazon's going to let us know because they won't tell us who bought the Intrepid intrepid. No. But they will tell us that somebody bought it through our link because Amazon tells us what everybody bought. So it's it's very cool to look back and all kinds of stuff gets bought. We love to hear about the music, but all kinds of stuff. What, yeah. do, what do we got this week?
3: Uh, some of the interesting stuff purchased. And it's not the USS Intrepid, but a set of Minnie Mouse pajamas was purchased. Okay, that um, works. Thank you for that. Um, on DVD, All Things Must Pass, The Rise and Fall of Tower Records. Oh, wow. That just came out. I'm yeah. interested to see that. Yeah,
2: me too. That's cool. That's the first I've heard of that. It's uh,
3: directed by Tom Hanks' son, Colin. Oh, right so, yeah, on. Yeah. Really cool. Uh, Fargo season one was purchased. Oh yeah. Karate Kid one and one through three. You got to be karate kidding me. Oh wow. That tops the Big Apple joke I made earlier. Okay and then also Terminator 2 Judgment Day on Blu-ray was bought uh-huh. uh, a brother printer document scanner was bought thank you for that cool nice uh, on mp3 cheap trick three songs uh, I Can't Understand It Walk Away and You're All I Wanna Do were purchased I like that song You're All I Wanna Do yeah That's we a played good that one. on the show yeah and for albums uh, a lot of albums bought this week uh, this is what I really like uh, White Zombie Astro Creep 2000 and La Sexorcisto Devil Music Volume 1 was purchased right on uh, and somebody wanted to double up on their zombie they got Rob Zombie Hell Deluxe 2 and The Sinister Urge was bought. Nice. Dio, Dream Evil, Last in Line, and Holy Diver. The ho- oh, the man. Trinity
2: was bought. The Unholy <laughs> Trinity of Dio right yeah. there. I love all those albums.
3: Uh, another Rhino Bucket, Get Used To It, was purchased. Right on.
2: This, this intrigues me. I need to listen to more Rhino Bucket, It's been I think. a long
3: time since I've heard them. Uh, Chakra, new album, High Noon, was bought. Okay. Block Party Hymns, Deluxe Edition, Someone's Teenager bought. I was going to say, is this some new metal band that I don't know about don't called know, Block Party? I think Block Party is like a younger kid's band. but I could okay. be wrong but I don't know uh, a band called My Wrath an album called Legacy was purchased alright The V Now or Never was bought I like that we got some good
2: pictures of them on our Decibel Geek uh, website yeah somebody's seen them recently I believe
3: and another copy of the new Dream Theater album The Astonishing was bought and Dream Theater I like some stuff but they didn't make my top 5 for this
2: so that's alright that's why there's plenty more volumes to do
3: yes and, uh, but yeah that's what the uh, that's what people were buying this week on Amazon
2: Paul Charles Caravello, (laughs) born on July 12, 1950, a native New Yorker raised in the Brownsville section of Brooklyn. Best known as the drummer who took over duties behind the kit for Kiss in 1980, the Fox made his debut in front of a hometown crowd at New York City's The Palladium and solidified his place among the most celebrated rock drummers of the 80s. Where Peter Chris brought more of a jazzy, swingy kind of thing to KISS, Eric was more from the Keith Moon, John Bonham school of percussion, fused with his own style, which was hugely influential on pretty much all those, the whole late 80s metal scene. Mm -hmm. Eric Carr really, really was a trendsetter on that. I don't think he gets recognized as much for that as he should. Despite being a member of KISS for 11 years, they only released two songs featuring Eric on lead vocals, a cover of Beth... And 1989's Little Caesar. Yep. The world lost Eric Carr on November twenty fourth, 1991, and he's laid to rest in the same place that he was born in the state of New York. Eric Carr was a multi-instrumentalist that produced many demos over the years for hopeful inclusion on Kiss records. And in 1999, the Eric Carr Rockology album was released, showcasing many of these great songs. Featuring fellow New Yorker Bruce Kulick on lead guitar, this is Eric Carr, the Fox, with the eyes of love.
3: You played that one. You gotta love it, man. That that song totally deserved to be on a Kiss album.
2: Totally did, man. That should have totally been on a Kiss album. I would have loved to hear what that would have been like with all four members of Kiss playing on it. Yeah,
3: and the Eric Carr official uh, Facebook page, I think it's run by his family, they put up this really long interview that he did around the time Hot in the Shade came out as an audio interview with a radio station in New York. Yeah? And it's, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes because... It was really entertaining to listen to, and it's like an hour and a half long. But it's just such a good, down to earth guy he was self deprecating, and you know enjoyed every minute of being a rock star, and, yeah. and but didn't let it go to his head. And uh, it's just hilarious hearing him cut up with the with the DJ. Just such a special person. That's cool. And, and uh, yeah, you you owe it to yourself to hear it if you, if you haven't yet. And then some interesting insight into the recording of uh, Hot in the Shade and stuff on that interview. So, right on, man. Really I want to cool. check that out. Okay, so uh, I want to do another one. This is a band that uh, that didn't hit big success, but definitely one of those bands that in hindsight gets a lot of praise these days. I'm talking about a band called Riot. And they were founded in New York City in 1975 by guitarist Mark Reale. And they uh, reached their peak in popularity in the early 80s. And they've continued a long-running, successful career. They've toured with ACDC, Molly Hatchett, Sammy Hagar, Kiss, Vandenberg, Black Sabbath, and Rush, among others. Yeah. Um, they, Their sound initially started out as kind of a straightforward heavy metal sound. and uh, But since the since their 80, 90, release in 1988 called Thundersteel, the music kind of has gone more in a power metal direction. But uh, I love the 70s era stuff that they put out back then, and uh, you'll really like this. It's uh, Riot with Warrior from 1977. (laughs) ¶¶
2: See, it's funny listening back to that stuff, and why wasn't Riot bigger than they were? Well,
3: part of the reason could be the fact that their sound kind of predated New Wave of British Heavy Metal, but it had that sound to it. Yeah. So... They actually got more attention almost after the fact than when they were trying to make it initially. So I think that was, they were actually kind of ahead of their time. They got, they started getting more praise because a lot of those British groups cited them as an influence.
2: Right. And but, I think even nowadays, I think they're almost more renowned than maybe they've ever been because, yeah. you know, so many people look back at that stuff and have access to that music now yep. that didn't have it before and are discovering what a fantastic yeah. well, band I, Riot was.
3: I just you know, because they, they always had that weird character. On the cover of their albums, that looked yeah. like, a, like a yellow monkey, crazy or something. white-haired monkey guy, monkey dude, or something. monkey like dude. A, yeah, and uh, <laughs> i I put w- I put one of their album covers on the. I think it was well it was for the, I think it was for Rock City, the album that this came from. I put one of the album covers as my profile picture, just just as a goof because it's right. a funny album cover. It really is. But I got all this feedback from all these people just raving about Riot, and that what was part great. of the reason yeah. I picked them this week because I was like, man, this is a, a lot of people love this band. You
2: I know? bet you that crazy monkey dude probably hurt them. By having that on the cover, because you, how, you, it's hard to take it seriously.
3: Yeah, maybe it's no Eddie. That's for sure. No, it's not even a parrot head like uh, Budgie. It would, I guess, it would relate into the uh, like, is this for children? Puppy monkey what baby thing we saw in the Super Bowl.
2: <laughs> Man bear. Maybe pig. that was the
3: original, the original inspiration for it. I don't know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Kaiam Vitz, born on August twenty fifth, nineteen forty nine. That was good. Yours was better. <laughs> born in israel but raised in queens new york since the age of eight Mm -hmm. best known as the tongue wiggling fire breathing blood spitting bass playing demon of kiss or perhaps best known as the deal closing master marketing (laughs) multimedia entrepreneur either way gene simmons is known for his american patriotism and his new york pride even if he did go hollywood a long time ago Not counting his 1978 KISS solo album, Gene has only released one album outside of KISS. Mm -hmm. But his contributions to the hottest band in the world are immeasurable. He became arguably the face of KISS during their height of popularity in the 70s and is likely the most easily recognizable member of the band. The average person on the street, you know, they might not know who Ace Frehley or Paul Stanley is, but most people know who Gene Simmons is. When it comes to being a crossover star, no other member of KISS can touch him, but to us, he's the demon, the hugely talented songwriter, a highly underrated musician, and an entertainer second to none. He's the God of Thunder, and here is a prime example of what he can do. From his highly contested 2004 solo album, Asshole, featuring fellow New Yorker, he's back, Bruce Kulick. It's Gene Simmons with the Weapons of Mass Destruction. (laughs) mm Yeah, see? I'm on a roll now. These are all my favorites.
3: It was like in that. I think that song was originally written around the time Carnival of Souls was I written. I believe so. In the yeah, it,
2: it totally sounds like it. But that's the demon I like. Yeah. I like it hard yeah. and heavy we- like that. It's scary. Of, and
3: so Weapons of Mass Destruction is the Carnival of Souls era. If he had written it around the time of Animalize, it would have been called Weapons of Ass Destruction.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Named after his favorite porn category.
3: Yes. (laughs) There we go. Right along with Burn Bitch Burn. Logs and Fireplace. There's a log for your fireplace. That's right.
2: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The Demon, Gene Simmons. Awesome. New York. That's only,
3: we played something from Cat Number One and from Asshole. There you go. Yeah. You will not hear that on the radio. Oh, absolutely not. Oh, man. So I've got one more to go. I'll do something a little outside the box for us, which, I mean, we've played this band before but this band really i mean they were kind of entrenched in the you know, everybody talks about the CBGB era of the 70s and you know that was where it all blew up but uh that the CBGB did not go away and you know it still remained a thriving thing and uh a lot of people may not realize that Living Color was a big part of that, the 80s version of the CBGB scene. Right,
2: because I think you're probably right. A lot of people think of that club and think, okay, well, when punk rock went away, so did that
3: club. Yeah, it's but no, it went nowhere. It stayed open for decades. But um, Living Color was founded in New York City in 1984 by Vernon Reed, uh, who had moved over, I think, from England. And... Um, but the most popular version of the band, the one that blew up, was Vernon Reed, Corey Glover, Will Calhoun, and Mus Skillings on bass. Yeah, that Vernon Reed is a killer, killer you know, guitar player. I guess you could classify them. They were you know, they were an all-black group. Yeah. They were a fusion of metal, punk, rock, and funk. So it was like a real yeah. hybrid of stuff. They were always, to me, they were just a rock band. You know, they were a hard rock band. Mm-hmm. I love it. they plugged it out in clubs for a few years before they blew up. And, of course, you know, the album Vivid came out with uh, the song Cult of Personality. Yeah, that's huge. And that song went to number six on the Billboard. 200, earned them a slot along with GNR opening for the Rolling Stones on the 1989 Steel Wheels Tour.
2: Right on, I bet you that was cool. It was
3: quite an experience and uh, yeah, because I interviewed Corey Glover years and years ago and uh, he really lit up when he talked about doing that. Right on. Um, but this song also from Vivid is uh, one of my favorites by them and it's a really great song. It's called Open Letter to a Landlord.
1: Now you can tear a building down, but you can't erase a memory. they have a value you can't see
0: so many years.
2: color open letter to a landlord in new york yeah City. i
3: figured it had a kind of a new york feel yeah, to it it totally you know?
2: does i like that that's very cool yeah. so they that's my colors, they're kind of an underrated band i think for sure
3: oh yeah and if you ever get to see them live do it uh muskellings is not with them now it's a guy named doug wimbish playing bass but he's also amazing but uh yeah the muskellings is uh, bass part on that song in particular is really awesome and of course cory glover's got an amazing voice heck yeah man all right, so I guess I got one more. Vinny Vincent? No, she, uh, no he's he, not from no, New York. He's from Bridgeport, Connecticut. But you know who is,
2: Stanley Bert Eason. Bert? Uh, Eisen. I didn't. I didn't read Eisen. Yeah, Eisen. Eason. There's, there's Mustaine. Mustaine. Yeah, uh, what's here we a, go again. Tomato. Tomato.
3: There's uh, c- people that contest whether Bert is really his middle name. That's yeah. I, I just because
2: when I wrote this
3: up, I was like Bert. I've never. Well, he says in his book that. That. that his name is Burt. But for years, everybody thought his middle name was Harvey.
2: Huh. Strange. I don't know. It's the mystery. We must get to the bottom of this. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Paul Stanley's Middle Name, Volume 1. Yeah. Born on January 20th, 1952. Born and raised right there in Upper Manhattan, New York. He's a New York boy for sure. Best known as the star child of Kiss, his life was changed when he first saw the Beatles and the Stones on American TV. He got his first guitar at 13 and was a member of a few different bands before he met Gene Simmons and became a member of Wicked Lester. As Wicked Lester, they were signed to Epic and recorded an album, but the label hated the final product and shelved it. They played about two shows, and Simmons and Stanley said, that's enough of this. They dissolved the band and learned from their mistakes to form Kiss. With the addition of Fraley and Chris, they became the biggest band in the world. Throughout the years, members have come and gone, but Paul remained the constant. Even when longtime collaborator Gene Simmons has put the band on the back burner to pursue other interests, Paul was always there to keep Kiss afloat. Keep them alive. Keep the name out there. Can keep rocking and rolling. I love it. Paul was undoubtedly one of the biggest sex symbols of the 70s and also the 80s. If you think about that, he totally was. He was getting old in the 80s, but he still was rocking it with his little blue, what do they call him? little bikini short things. I don't need to think that about was, that. That's yeah. funny. He was a trendsetter back then. Have we talked about this before? About like the like best, the in the 90s. Yeah, he was yeah, on the... On the On the crazy uh, crazy nights nights, right so it's coming up out of his pants like that and then in the 90s all the women started doing that all the women started doing right but he was the first anyone to do it he's a a total trendsetter uncomfortable
3: (laughs) talk about something else
2: this little piece of star child magic comes from his 1978 solo album and features fellow new yorkers richie fontana steve buslow and bob Kulick. i think this song is just amazing man I love the way that it lulls you into, like, a false security before it kicks your freaking head off. I played it before. I'm sure I'll play it again. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. This is one of the greatest songs ever written. This is the one and only Paul Stanley from New York City with Tonight You Belong to Me. See you next week.